It's time to eat. Get in my belly! Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast, presented as always by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Just use that promo code podcast1. Here is the deal. I am so fired up for so many reasons. Number one, it's the show that's so nice we do it twice. Number two, you guys are absolutely awesome when it comes to your fantasy feast entries. Today we've got a very special guest. Tomorrow's show, we are going to dive into Evan's Tears of Evan wide receiver breakdown. Speaking of awesome though, before I even get to the feast entry because it is awesome, I need to tell you about boxofawesome.com. Very very cool. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. I've gotten like 3 or 4 of these bad boys. Free to sign up. You can skip a month, cancel any time. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. So many cool things. I got like a dragon floaty from my pool. It has these little dragon floaty things where you can put drinks in. It's amazing. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com. And enter the code FEAST at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com. Code FEAST for 20% off your first box. Speaking of awesome, I said it before, I'll say it again. You guys are amazing. Absolutely amazing. We'll get to Tags, my guy Tags, Mike Taglieri from fantasypros.com momentarily. But I got to give out this week's, or at least this episode's, Fantasy Feast Redraft League. How about my guy, Tony Kehoe? Not only does he have a restaurant and he purchases everything for the restaurant after clicking on the Amazon banner ad at RossTucker.com, which is amazing and automatically qualifies you. The guy also got a handmade flag of the Ross Tucker football podcast logo and put it on the back of his truck and was driving around Florida with the Ross Tucker football podcast flag in the back. Tony, kudos to you, bro. You are in. That is amazing. I Dude, some of these things, backstage, Carrie Underwood, we got a tuckhead, Guerrilla marketing in the UK. I haven't posted those pictures yet. Uh, prolific tweets, Tears of Evan song. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Love you guys. Love, love, love. And I mentioned this on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast today. I'll just give a little word to the wise. For next week, I recommend being a patron of RT Media. Go to patreon.com slash RT Media. If you uh, if you want to be a patron for next week's Fantasy Feast Redraft League dude, or just do something crazy creative like a lot of these other folks have done. By the way, speaking of crazy, 
those of you that are still paying off your credit cards without getting a credit card consolidation loan from my friends at Lightstream, that's insane. You realize that the average credit purchase rate is over 19%, right? Get a rate as low as 5.95% APR with AutoPay. You are literally listening to a fantasy podcast. You get numbers. You get math. You get a loan from five grand up to a hundred grand, no fees. And just for my listeners, if you apply now, you get a special interest rate discount. But the only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash feast. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash feast. Subject to credit approval, of course. Rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply. And offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash feast for more information. Well, as promised, very excited to talk to my guy from Fantasy Pros, Mike Tagliere. You can check him out on Twitter at Mike Tagliere, T-A-G-L-I-E-R-E-N-F-L on Twitter. Mike, what percentage of people call you Mike versus Tags? <laughs> I guess it depends on what stage uh, or what party I'm at because uh, during football season, Tags is the name I'm called by, I think, 95% of the time, where it's like the off season when I actually get to see some of my family. It's pretty much Mike. <laughs> Got it. Okay, because I've always been a Tags guy. I've always known you on Tags. Obviously, I went on your show on Friday, uh, which was a heck of a lot of fun, and uh, and I'm very happy to be able to return the favor and have you here. I want to get into just kind of some of the camp movement we've heard so far, how much stock you put in that, and then we'll have the preseason games coming up, and how much you put in that, how much you watch that and change your ratings based on that and how you're drafting. But before I do that, speaking of drafting, I know, Mike, that you guys have come up with the Fantasy Pros Draft Wizard, and I was hoping – I've talked about it before on the show, but I was hoping you could just explain a little bit more about it since you're part of it. Yeah, so basically what happens is, like, you know, in the, in the old days, we used to go in mock draft lobbies, and some people still do that, where they go and they sit there for an hour, and then they wait and wait and wait, and it finally fills up, and then you sit there and someone takes two quarterbacks in the first three rounds, and you're like, well, this mock draft is no good anymore. So the draft wizard, what it is, is you're able to draft against ADP, experts, whatever you want, uh, and it randomizes it every single time, so it's not always the same draft, and you're able to complete mock drafts in legitimately five minutes, and it will actually give you a grade. So the analysts that are behind the rankings and everything like that, we have 150-plus experts there, where they actually grade your draft when you're done. So you can kind of mess around with it back and forth. You could do it on your lunch break. You could do it whenever. Um, I, I've done like 20 mock drafts in the last few weeks, and it's just it helps you get a better idea as to the team you could build with different strategies throughout the year. Very cool. Love it. And by the way, you can get a special offer for that draft wizard by visiting fantasypros.com slash feast. 
So again, fantasypros.com slash feast. Very cool. One of sort of the uh, the new age tools that are available to people now with that draft simulator. Love it. Again, it's the draft wizard. All right. You are my draft wizard, though, Mike, today. So let's <laughs> let's dive into it a little bit. I guess I just want to start with all of the beat writers and the camp reports and sort of how much, how closely do you follow it? And how much stock do you put in it versus taking it with a grain of salt when you're actually going through your own drafts, Mike, or giving people advice? Yeah, so it's a great question. And, you know, a lot of people do rely on this stuff. So, yes, I absolutely pay attention to all of it. And it's my job to kind of sift through it and figure out, you know, what actually means something to the fantasy owners. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, someone, you know, someone told us that Carlos Hyde was going to get cut. And I'm like, don't listen to this. Take the discount. He's going to be on the team. He's going to be running the ball 200 plus times. That really worked out. But the things you really, really want to pay attention to is when you hear from multiple beat reporters, like I'm talking three national beat reporters who visit the camp and like Chris Carson last year, right? Every single person that went into that camp was saying, Chris Carson's the lead back here, guys. Don't buy anything else. Like Rashad Penny's not it. It's Chris Carson. We heard the same thing about Philip Lindsay. So when you hear like multiple beat reporters talking about one player standing out, that, that's, that's something to move in your rankings. And obviously, you know, when you see them out there on the field in the preseason with the starters, that means a lot as well. One player that's really standing out right now is Miles Sanders. He was someone in the draft process. So basically, Ross, during the NFL season, I am strictly NFL. And then what happens is, you know, once the season ends, the postseason begins, I'm actually going to dive into college film. And that's what I do. And I did it with Miles Sanders. I brought him up on a show and someone told me they're like, oh, he's a guy that, you know, he might be sixth round. Maybe, you know, he might be drafted. And I was like, I don't know, man. I had him as like my number one running back at the start of like, you know, my, my, my film watching. And uh, as it turns out, he, he's really good at football. Obviously, he shined at the combine and now he's shining in camp. So will he change Doug Peterson's mold of a timeshare? I don't know if he's going to do that completely, but it's definitely possible now that he's going to start, uh, you know, in week one. And that's massive for his fantasy stock. So when you hear beat reporters, multiple ones, saying that these things are happening, that's when you want to start paying attention because sometimes you'll have one beat reporter that's going to report something hoping it sticks, and then people are going to remember that thought. So I, I like to, to focus on like the group think, um, but when you hear bad things out of coach's mouth, that's what I take a lot of stock in. Like When we hear that Antonio Brown, you know, John Gruden's upset, he's not a practice, he's not developing any chemistry with Derek Carr. When we hear that Damian Williams is missing camp valuable reps and Andy Reid is visually frustrated. He's talking about it. He's saying that Carlos Hyde is getting valuable reps. Those things absolutely matter because everybody wants to puff up a player, but not everybody wants to put them down. So it's notable we hear Damian Williams is being put down by Andy Reid right now. Yep, I think uh, I think there's a lot of good points that you made there, Tags. I would tell you that I've been to Eagles camp a few times. Miles Sanders has been impressive. I also uh, live in central Pennsylvania, so I do a Penn State show. So I watched every snap he played at Penn State. And the issue he had was his first two years, he was behind Saquon Barkley, who's kind of good at football. And then even last year, when Saquon was gone, you know, Miles had a really good year. But he's not just like the total physical freak of nature phenom that Saquon Barkley is. So even though he was super productive, 
didn't have some of the lost yardage or negative yardage runs that Saquon would have, you still kind of just – your jaw wasn't dropping like it was the two mm-hmm. years prior, you know? And so yep. he kind of paled in comparison on that. But then you looked and you're like, man, he's good. He, you know, he's got good vision. He's got some juice. He's good out of the backfield. And, yes, all of the Eagles beat writers have been all over him so far. What about, like, Maurice Harris – as the wide receiver in the Patriots who's been most impressive. Is that something that you buy or no? I'm not really buying it. The Patriots are full of fluff when it comes to that stuff, and I think we see it every single year. We've heard about Kenny Britt. We've heard about Chris Hogan shining in camp. We've heard about him being uh, Tom Brady's favorite target, and then the games come and he doesn't throw his way. Uh, It seems like every year people want to outthink the Patriots strategy, and every year people just, they, they miss it. And, you know, it's one of those things that I talked about on our show quite a bit is that there's a lot of people out there that have the misconception that Patriots running backs are unusable or in fantasy or they're unpredictable. Well, that's not true. Uh, there's there's clear-cut roles to this team, and uh, one of the players that I am higher on than everyone is James White because, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that Rob Gronkowski had, you know, the, the end of his career, the downturn. He wasn't the same player last year, and we saw James White go skyrocket from, you know, four or five targets per game to 7.2, I think it was, last year, finishing as a top-eight fantasy running back, yet people still don't want to trust him as a starter because, in parentheses, they cannot trust Patriots running backs. You absolutely can. He has a clear-cut role. And, it, you know, with all these pass catchers, like, I, the reason people are searching for it is because, you know, we have we lost Cordero Patterson. We lost Rob Gronkowski. We lost Chris Hogan. There's a lot of targets up for grabs there. But when we hear about all these different guys, you know, when they signed Eric Decker off the street, when they signed Demarius Thomas, everybody wants to run and grab that Patriots receiver. But realistically, these guys have to get in there. They have to learn the system. Julian Edelman is the guy you want as the wide receiver there. The running backs are going to be involved a lot. And I actually think that Rex Burkhead is going to be involved a lot more than people think. So it's a, I don't think it's going to be a clear-cut situation. I think they're going to mix and match outside of Edelman. Dorsett's going to be involved. It's I'm not attacking any of those guys. I I mean, I don't think that they're going to all of a sudden walk in and be fantasy superstars. What about like Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh saying, uh, take the over on 140 carries for Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. In your mind, is that actionable? Well, he didn't even start until week 10 last year, and uh, he broke the record for rushing attempts by a quarterback. That's like one of the most crazy stats that I double-checked, triple-checked, because I feel wrong every time I say it, but he did break that record, and I know that they're installing a new offense, but we knew that Lamar Jackson was never going to be like an elite passer. You don't go, I say this about Josh Allen too, you don't go from a guy that completes 50 to 55% of passes all of a sudden to this elite passer. You have to accent his strengths. They went out there and they got Marquise Brown, they got Miles Boykin. They're going to stretch the field a little bit more, and that's good because it's going to open some things up underneath. And Lamar Jackson, if he stands back there for another second or two, that's not a bad thing, but he's going to take off and run. I uh, Putting the over at 140, I think that's very doable. I, I, I do because I, I don't see a situation where I don't have Lamar Jackson run the ball 10 times. Now the question is, can he stay healthy? Because if he stays healthy, he's absolutely going to run more than 140 times. Um, what about preseason games in particular tags so we'll we'll see performances in the preseason games guys will flash guys will struggle how much stock do you put in that and is it more or less than what you put in the camp reports 
Uh, you know, it, it's a mix of the two, uh, just because, like, I, I basically want to see who they're getting snaps with. If they're getting snaps, like, so if the Packers are on the field, I want to see the receivers that are on the field with Rodgers. So if you don't see, you know, if, like, if you didn't see Geronimo Allison or Marquez Valdez scantling out there with Rodgers, that would make me panic inside, and I wouldn't really want to be targeting those guys in, in drafts. But if you see like them doing a mix of guys, like let's say that they do have Equinemius St. Brown out there for a little bit with Aaron Rodgers, it tells me that there's still an open competition for that third wide receiver spot. So that's the stuff that I really like tend to watch when it comes to running backs. You want to see if they're out there with snaps with the starting quarterback. You know, some, some head coaches believe in pass blocking with running backs more than others do. Um, and while it doesn't really matter that much, because not a single running back in the league pass blocked more than a, I think it was like 92 snaps last year. Uh, so it's not like a big part of their game. But just seeing them out on the field with the starters, that means a whole lot to me. Because as we know, in fantasy football, opportunity is king. And if they're going to get opportunity, you know, they might have a bad, ga- a bad game in the preseason. This stuff happens all the time. But you want to find the guys who are getting close to those that first team offense, because outside of that, it's just guys trying to work their way up depth charts. But if they're not getting reps with the starters, it doesn't really matter at that point. I I will say this tags from my experience as a player. It's a really good point. They're never going to put somebody in with the starting quarterback that they don't trust at any position. Really? I mean, especially on the offensive line or at running back, but really any position, because even if the receiver doesn't see that he's hot or whatever, and doesn't break off his route, that could put the quarterback in a potentially compri- you know, compromised position. So I think that's a good observation is, you know, who knows how much some of these quarterbacks will play in the preseason, but certainly when they're in there, the guys that they put in there with them, those are the guys they trust. I mean, th- those are the guys that they have some faith in. Obviously, tags the Houston Texans didn't really trust Dante Foreman I thought that was interesting them releasing the former third round pick now he's coming off a torn Achilles so who knows what he was going to give him anyway the funny part to me and I mentioned this on today's Ross Tucker football podcast is just that it seems to me like this was like a head coach I'm gonna send a message you know move if you will Whereas, you know, I think with other organizations, if there was still like a quote unquote real GM, he might say, uh, are you sure you want to do that? We don't really have any backup guys right now that that we're comfortable putting in a game. Yeah, it, it was a really odd move just considering what you just said, the lack of depth on that roster. I mean, I think some people expected, myself included, I thought they were going to draft a running back this year and kind of you know, have a replacement set for Lamar Miller because it seems like they hadn't really been quite happy with him. Like They gave, they gave Alfred Blue like, like a lot of snaps. I don't think people realize just how, much, how many snaps Alfred Blue got last year or the last few years, I should say. So I, I am waiting for them to bring in another back because I don't think that they're going to head into the season with the depth chart the way it is. Does that mean that they're going to go out and get Melvin Gordon? No. I, I think it's more of like a depth guy. Maybe they signed Jay Ajayi, who's still out there on the street. He was cleared recently of his knee issue. Um, they could maybe get a guy that's going to get cut. We've heard rumors out of Buffalo that maybe TJ Yeldon doesn't make the roster now that they, dro- they drafted Devin Singletary. I think that'd be a mistake uh, on the Bills' part, but it would be you know a diamond in the rough for the, for the Texans. So, um, yeah, I, I, I tend to believe uh, this actually makes me more worried for Lamar Miller's fantasy stock. There were so many people yesterday on Twitter talking about why Lamar Miller is now a safe pick. Well, he kind of always was a safe pick. 
I wasn't worried about Deontay Foreman. Yes, he's two years removed now from the, the Achilles tear, but he was never a great talent to begin with, and we've never seen a running back come back from an Achilles tear. So I was really like that was like the best case scenario for Lamar Miller was to have Foreman backing him up. But now, you know, if they do bring in a Jay Ajayi, it's like all of a sudden if Ajayi's knee is okay, he's not a he's not a bad runner. So it's like that would concern me more for Lamar Miller. So don't just go jumping in and saying Lamar Miller is safer than he was, you know, two days ago. Speaking, by the way, tags of all these preseason games, you can watch every single preseason game, including all the out-of-market preseason games, live with NFL Game Pass. Very cool. I don't ever remember them having this before, where you could watch any preseason game live with NFL Game Pass, even the out-of-market ones. I know NFL Network shows them later, but to be able to watch whichever one you want live is very, very cool. I know for week one of the preseason, like a lot of people, I just can't wait to see Kyler Murray and, and Cliff Kingsbury's offense. going to be absolutely fascinating. I saw a picture that somebody put out there of just the splits of the offensive line. I love it. I mean, I, I love that it's unique and different. I wouldn't want to be the center in the Cardinals offense. I can tell you that much, but I'm going to be watching on NFL Game Pass just so I can see how it works how Kyler Murray looks. I think everybody's kind of fascinating, fascinated by that. And here's what's really cool. You can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. So you can get a, a seven-day free trial. Sign up now at nfl.com slash fantasyfeasteaton. You got to have the, uh, the tag at the end. nfl.com slash Fantasy Feast Eaton, E-A-T-I-N. You can thank Evan for having that be the name of the show, Fantasy Feast Eaton, which makes the code for NFL Game Pass a little bit tougher. All right, Tag, so let's get into um, some guys that, for whatever reason, you are higher or lower than, than the consensus. Let's start quarterback. Give me a guy you like more than his ADP and a guy you like less than his current ADP. Yeah, the one I, I, I'm going to stick with that I say I like more is uh, Jameis Winston. I, I think this is simple math. I don't know how people are missing this one. is because you start and you talk about the wide receivers. Mike Evans is going as a top 10 wide receiver in drafts. Chris Godwin is going as a top 22 wide receiver in drafts. O.J. Howard is going as the number four fantasy tight end. But yet people don't want to draft Jameis Winston inside the top 15 quarterbacks. Something does not add up. So public, I'm telling you, if you don't like Jameis Winston, then you better drop those other guys down your board. But Bruce Arians coming in, love the offense. He's made, he's made fantasy superstars out of a lot of different players. And Jameis Winston, they don't have a top-tier running back that's going to run for 1,500 yards. They don't have that Saquon Barkley. They don't have a pass-catching running back. He's going to be throwing to those wide receivers, to those tight ends. He's going to rack up yardage. And the reason you have to love him so much is because that defense is in brutal shape. They're in really bad shape. And they're going to, they're, they're going to be throwing the ball 600 times again. And Jameis Winston... I don't know if people realize he he started when he when he after he got benched he came back into the lineup over the final seven games he threw four interceptions that was it he kind of toned things down and Bruce Arians says his development has continued he's looked like a consistent quarterback in training camp so Jameis Winston is a top ten fantasy quarterback and I would draft him over the likes of someone like Drew Brees and then um, on on the guy that you're lower than. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Carson Wentz on this one, and it's not because he's a bad quarterback. I'm okay if you walk in with him as the starter, but he's being drafted as a top eight fantasy quarterback. 
The reason I find issues with that is because it's a team that, you know, he's returning to off this in another injury. Uh, there, there are some that, like you know, Deshaun Jackson added to the receiver core. That surely can't hurt. But they have a lot of running backs in this roster that can do some damage. Their defense should be a lot better now that they're going to be healthier in 2018. And knowing that Wentz is, you know, dealing with the torn ACL and that, he's not going to run the ball as much as he did before, which is going to take away some of that upside. I just I feel like there's much safer options you can go with that present a little bit more upside than Carson Wentz does. I just feel like he's he's had one year where he had like elite production. I don't think that we should automatically assume that that's going to happen going forward. I think Jared Goff is a safer play knowing the offense he plays in, knowing that Todd Gurley may not be, you know, himself this year. Jared Goff is someone that I would take over Carson Wentz. What about at the running back position? Give me a guy you're higher on or lower than. So I'm higher on Leonard Fournette than a lot of people. And the reason is, is because I feel like when this is all about value, right? Because we're looking for our opportunity at the running back position. And when you find a starter that gets 20 plus touches per game in the third or fourth round of your fantasy draft, that stuff is unheard of nowadays. Like you don't find workhorse running backs outside the top two rounds. So Leonard Fournette, while he has dealt with injuries, I don't think people realize just what he was up against towards the end of last year. When he returned to the lineup, they were, they were missing four of five starting offensive linemen by the end of the season. And Leonard Fournette, if you put his numbers up against Melvin Gordon over the course of their career, Leonard Fournette has been the better fantasy football running back on a weekly basis. But people don't realize that because Leonard Fournette is always hurt. You never want to bet on injuries. And like so when you, when you bet against or bet on injuries, I should say, I feel like people are going to lose that game more often than they're going to win it. So take the guaranteed touches. If you get him as your RB2, you are sitting pretty because he performs as an RB1 more than half the time. You know, it's interesting. Um, we had Clint Oldenburg tags on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast today. He's the Madden's, Madden ratings adjuster. And yeah. he said that Fournette was so upset about his ratings that he asked to be taken off the game. <laughs> How, how about just playing better? I don't know. How about just playing better? I, um, I would tend to agree with you. I, yeah, he's, he's a young dude, and you could tell there's, there's some, definitely some immaturity uh, in, in the way he handles himself, but I, I hope he kind of grows out of that. All right, who's a guy you're lower on then at running back? It's, for me, it's Derrick Henry. I know that they're talking a lot about him you know, being involved in the offense and them running through the offense through him, but I don't really buy it. And the reason I say that is because Derrick Henry has never shown the ability to be a competent pass catcher. Um, you, you know, in order to finish inside the top 12 fantasy running backs, you better be seeing at least four or five targets per game. That's what's necessary in today's NFL because targets are worth more than carries to running backs. Derrick Henry, there's a reason he's not used in that role. They brought in Deion Lewis for a reason under the same exact regime. You know, it's going to be a new offensive coordinator. I get it. But Derrick Henry is game script dependent. And the, the thing is, is when they fall behind in a game, Deion Lewis is the better pass blocker. He's the better receiving back. He can handle carries. There's nothing wrong with that. Derrick Henry is going to have some big games. Absolutely. I love his talent on first and second down. But he's a boomer bust running back. He's not someone you want to trust on a weekly basis. And all of a sudden, the Titans are in a really good division where they're going to be playing some really good opponents. I'd be shocked if the Titans win more than eight games, which tells me Derrick Henry might be usable for half the games. He might be non-usable for the other half games. And he's already hurt. He's in a walking boot. So Derrick Henry, I mean, I would rather take someone like James White. At least I know what I'm getting. What about at, at wide receiver? Give me a guy that you're higher on at receiver. I'm going to go down the board a little bit here just because I, I'm, I'm going to search for like a potential breakout candidate. I'm going to go with Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller is someone that, uh, you know, he broke his foot 
in his final season at Memphis, and it's always tough for a wide receiver to play coming off a broken foot. That's why he didn't participate in the combine. Uh, but, but he, you know, he played for the Bears. He came in, was drafted second in the second round. They traded up to get him. They loved him. It's again, it's tough to play on that broken foot in that calendar year. But not only did he play pretty decent, he also played through a. He dislocated his shoulder five or six times, is what they estimated. But he kept playing through it, and he did well. He scored seven touchdowns on fifty-five targets. That's massive, okay? Like, he showed that he was a threat in the red zone at Memphis. I think he scored 20 touchdowns one of the seasons. Uh, Anthony Miller is clearly someone to tar- like that, you know, coaches want to target in the red zone. He gets himself open. He's a natural separator. And year two in Matt Nagy's offense, year two developing some chemistry with Trubisky. Uh, Allen Robinson, he's been fine, but that ACL, did it derail his career a little bit, maybe take away some of that upside? Anthony Miller is the one who does not see the top-tier cornerbacks because he's playing in the slot like 80% of the time. That's massive for him because he's going to see some some cornerbacks that essentially only come on the field in the nickel coverage. So Anthony Miller is uh, one of my favorite sleepers to target as you're like wide receiver four, wide receiver five, and he could break out and have a top 20 season. And what about on the other end, a receiver maybe you're staying away from? I'm staying away from Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson is, uh, you know, he's tied to that Jets offense, and I know that he finished the year strong. And if you guys remember, he did the exact same thing in 2017. He gives these flashes at times where you're like, this could be a dominant receiver. But the issue is that Sam Darnold is a young quarterback. He had some, some high ups and downs last year. Now they're learning a new offense. Adam Gase comes in. He runs sub-60 plays per game. He does not, his offenses don't score a lot of touchdowns wipe away the, the two Peyton Manning years and you are left with a head coach that is not fit to be a head coach. Um, I did an article that basically I went through and ranked them all and he was 31 on that list. They don't score much. They don't run many plays. Sam Darnold, they want to be a defense strong. Like they added some defensive talent this off season. They're a young defense. They should be only getting better. I think they want to run the ball. You add Le'Veon Bell, you add Jamison Crowder. They're not throwing the ball anymore. So all of a sudden Robbie Anderson, a guy who, by the way, was only a wide receiver three or better 28% of the time in 2018, but people want to draft him as a top 30 wide receiver. I have trouble fitting him inside my top 40. Wow. I like it. Tags, this was fantastic. Highly encourage you to check him out on Twitter at Mike Tagliere NFL. Gave you the spelling of it earlier. You can go back and listen again and check out his podcast as well, especially Friday's episode. The big dog was on it. So you got to listen to that one. Mike, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. No, appreciate you having me on. Look forward to talking soon. Mike, that was amazing. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Loving the draft wizard you guys have over there at fantasypros.com. Speaking of getting some fantasy knowledge, prepare to win this season with PFF Fantasy. They offer the most in-depth stats and analysis to give you a massive edge over your competition. Sit back and follow Jeff Ratcliffe's expert rankings all season long. And if you're a high-stakes dude, join PFF Elite to access their Green Line game picks for NFL and college games. Green Line shows you which picks have the highest confidence to beat the spread, money line, and over-under. Join PFF today and prepare to win. Go to pff.com, use promo code PFF25 to save 25% for a limited time, which is very, very cool. pff.com, promo code PFF25. 
25. That'll do it for today's Fantasy Feast podcast. Tomorrow, we've got the GOAT. We've got Evan. we got the Tears of Evan. And I have not picked tomorrow's redraft winner yet. Haven't done it. Still available. You can win it. All you have to do is send me a little something-something. Maybe it's something creative. Maybe you go ahead and you become a patron and do something else. There's lots of ways that you can be tomorrow's winner on the Evan Silva Wide Receiver Tears of Evan episode. Other than that, I am totally stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.